Welcome back into another PGA DFS video. My name is Eric Palsy, and I'm going to give you guys the picks for the Genesis Invitational here in 2021. This is a pretty exciting field as a whole, pretty loaded. It's going to be pretty much the best field that we've gotten so far this year. So I don't know, that kind of always gets me excited. Uh, just a quick recap of last week. Pretty fantastic week overall. A lot of members of 9 to 5 Nation had a solid week. Um, so if you guys want to join, $10 a month. Um, best value in PGA DFS out there. Uh, link is in the description below. Um, but just kind of going over what we should expect for this tournament. It is one where you know we do see course history matter a little bit more. It is a little bit more difficult, of course, as well, as we saw on Sunday's video. Once again, if you guys want to get a more in-depth preview of kind of what to expect for this tournament, uh, check out the course history video, but let's get into it, guys. All right, so if we're just looking at kind of which players have had the best recent form. We can just pull that up. Now, Dustin Johnson should be number one here, but one where I just like to look at the last six weeks or so, last six tournaments. So, for instance, Dustin Johnson hasn't really played recently, so that's kind of what's affecting it. But we look at Xander Shoffley, second, second, and fifth place finish. Guy has been a stud recently. Patrick Cantley as well, third last week, which he was a core play last week. Really, the only core play that we could have been on last week was Patrick Cantley, who's the only player checking all the boxes, which, you know, obviously he played fantastic. Second, and then a 13th place finish most recently. Bryson, his most recent start was the STOC there with a seventh place finish. Colin Morikawa surprisingly popping up here, uh, two straight seven place finishes, but that was about you know a month and a half ago now with the Sony Open and the STOC. Joaquin Neiman, oh, man, if only he had won those two tournaments, the Sony Open and the STOC. Nine outright betting card would be fantastic. Although we did hit Daniel Berger last week, it was like fourteen or fifteen to one. He was one of the top plays on the board, and that just kind of goes to show you guys kind of the theme of twenty twenty one. It's that. One, Burks Kepka won two weeks ago when he was in horrible, you know, recent form. Um, wasn't exactly the best outfit, but Burks Kepka is a little bit different just because, you know, we kind of know who he is as a player. But um, don't be afraid to target these players that can, you know, bounce back that do have that winning upside, which is something that we just might have to factor into the season as a whole. But uh, Neiman, I really like um, John Rahm, 13th, 7th and 7th place finish. Justin Thomas, 13th. Third, 12th place finish. DJ, just at 11th at the STOC. Uh, Tony Finau, second, fourth, 31st, and eighth place finish. And then Victor Hovland and Abraham Manser both rounding out the top 10. Second, 31st, and uh, Hovland had the first place finish. And then Answer, fifth, 17th, and 12th place finish. So lots of guys in great recent form. And that's kind of going to be the theme here where kind of last week we were struggling, kind of pulling teeth to try to find the best plays, which is why it was really strange that it was the most easy week to predict as a whole. So that's not going to continue going forward. I mean, normally when you have a bad week on paper, it's not going to be that good of a week, but this one's looking like it's going to be a great week on, on paper where it's going to be very easy to predict. So, you know, we just kind of got to factor that in. But looking at course history here, uh, we tend to see players that have good course history here continue that uh, in the current year. So like Dustin Johnson, phenomenal course history, 10th, 9th, 16th, and first place finish. Rory, 5th, 4th, 20th, uh, Patrick Cantlay, 17th, 15th, and 4th. Uh, you're kind of seeing a common theme here where we don't really get a player or a golfer with one start popping up here because it kind of takes you at least one or so starts at this tournament to kind of get used to it. Uh, John Rahm, 17th and 9th place finish. Vaughn Taylor, 13th, 9th, and 20th. Taylor Gooch, 10th and 20th place. 
Uh, Xander, 23rd, 15th, and 9th. Wyndham Clark, he's the only person on this list where he has one start, and that was the 17th last year. Uh, we look at Carlos Ortiz, 26th and 9th. And then we look at Adam Scott, 1st, 7th, 53rd, and 11th. And that just goes to show you, once again, how strong one course history is that Adam Scott, with three top 11 finishes and really just one bad start over the last four years, ranks 10th. Um, so lots of strong course history here. Um, I want, I'm not using that as a key stat this week, but if you want to use course history as like a key indicator, definitely go ahead and do that. I'm going to be doing that this week. That's definitely going to be something that I'm looking at, maybe to decide 50-50 decisions. Now let's get into the key stats for this week. So I did touch on it on uh, the video yesterday, the Sunday video. It's that we know that stroke gain approach is actually going to be a huge stat that we want to look at, as well as ball striking. Those are kind of the two key stats that you want to go off of. With the tournament playing a little bit harder, I also am going to be looking at bogey avoidance in terms of I like to look at that in terms of players making the cut. And I also like to look at strokes gain differential on the field as well. Those two kind of, to me, are a great indicator of who's going to make the cut. And I think using those stats are kind of why we had a solid week last week. I also going to be looking at um, opportunities gain as like a secondary stat. Um, and then, you know, driving distance over driving accuracy as well. We saw that be a significant factor. And just over the last three years, that has been something that I've been able to use at this tournament is driving distance, which I hate to use driving distance as a key stat, but last year that led us to be on Adam Scott as a core play, as a betting card play, and that worked out. So, you know, we're kind of just going to go back to the well there. But players that are, are a top 10 uh, stat rank play this week are Dustin Johnson. I mean, the guy in like the five key stats I'm looking at um, specifically, his lowest rank is eighth. So he's dominating. Uh, Russell Henley as well, kind of popping up there, 25th in ball striking. And that's his lowest stat. Everything else is top 25. Joaquin Neiman as well, uh, 30th in strokes gain approach. That's his lowest stat. Every other one is top 11. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau really just been a stud this year so far. And then John Rahm kind of for the top uh, five. Uh, obviously, we'll get into this a little bit more, but you know he's dominating stat fit-wise as well. So let's get into the picks for the Genesis Open. Sorry, I had to think about it there real quick. All right, let's get into it, guys. All right, guys, so getting to the picks for the Genesis Open here. Um, just going to sort it by the high tier once again. So 9K to whoever the top prize player is, which is Dustin Johnson this week at a graceful 11.3. Last week he was 12K. Obviously, with Drew last week, it just didn't seem like he wanted to play. So I don't think we have to worry about that too much. Once again, the top dog this week is just the elite play. That's been the case of 2021, really this whole year. I think the worst finish so far for the top play was John Rahm, who finished like 13th that week, which obviously we'll take. That's not bad at all. Uh, last week, the top play on the board was Dustin Johnson. And then by default, once he withdrew, it was Patrick Cantley. Patrick Cantley was the only one uh, last week that was projected to have a cut likelihood of over 90%. We see that once again with Dustin Johnson this week at 98%. Um, just real no reason to uh, fade Dustin Johnson this week. Um, just we'll pull this down. 10th, 9th, 16th, just overall, uh, looking at the cheat sheet in even his recent form, the only thing that's like high is uh, opportunities gain where he ranks 15th and then his 2016 finish or 2018 finish where he finished 16th. So Dustin Johnson really just an elite play compared to the rest of the people in the field. 
it's not even comparable, honestly. He's just checking all the boxes. There's really no reason to go ahead and fade him. Um, after that, I actually really do like John Rahm as a play as well. Um, if you want to call him a pro man's version of Dustin Johnson, you could. 17th tier, 9th tier, you know, strong recent form. Um, good staff in as well. His lowest stat that we're looking at is 26 in driving distance. Now, we know that that could be a little bit different here. We know that uh, John Rahm can go long when he wants to. I would probably say he's more closer to like top 15 on tour there. Um, obviously, different events and different courses require different shots. So I'm guessing he. Pulled a couple of three woods a little bit here and there um, as compared to some other players who didn't have to do that. But John Rahm, top five staff at second in the model. Once again, his lowest stat rank is 26 in driving distance. Everything else is <laughs> better than that. Um, yeah, he's just checking all the boxes as well. There's no reason to fade him. Then we get into Xander Shoffley at 9.9 .9 as well. Xander's going to be a great play for us. Recent form is off the charts, second, second, and fifth. Um, course history-wise, 23rd, 13th, and 9th place finish here, or sorry, 15th place finish in 2019. Um, really great staff fit. The only thing that worries us is his opportunities gained, where he ranks 98th. Other than that, just spectacular. Second in stroke game differential, 30th in ball striking, 26th in driving distance, birdie to bogey ratio, 8th. Boogie Boynes, 26th, and Strokes Gain Approach, 13th. Overall, he's the 14th best at rank play, which I think that really tells us a lot about this tournament as a whole, that we're getting this strong of a staff hit at 14th. Um, last week, this probably would have been top 10, maybe top 7. Um, this week, it's 14th. Uh, ranks out 6th in the model. So, yeah, Xander Schauffele like, really popping for me. No real reason to fade him. And then Patrick Canley, I'm not really sure why they ranked him this low, um to me i see him as where he's ranked where he's the third you know ranked play this week fantasy projected points 116 cut likelihood 87 percent and you know he's just been on fire guys third second and 13th place finish over the last six weeks um tournament history 17th 15th and fourth um staff it wise top 10 uh, fifth in strokes game differential ball striking 27th fifth in driving distance okay um, the only worry is that he's 54th in strokes gain approach and 43rd in opportunities gain, but you know, bogey avoidance and birdie to bogey ratio, both top five in that points to Patrick Hanley being pretty, a pretty safe play as a whole. You could easily go ahead and play him. I feel pretty confident of that. This could be kind of a starting point for your lineups. Um, Colin Moore, Kawa, Daniel Berger. I like those plays as well. This field is absolutely loaded, so I don't really want to touch on all the plays. Um, after that, I actually don't mind uh, Adam Scott here. Um, recent form could be a little bit better, but he's coming off that 10th place finish at the Farmers. You know, he hasn't played poorly. Uh, Adam Scott's a guy that's always going to figure it out here. He's the defending champ. Um, for 9K for him, I don't mind him. Could be a little bit better play. It's more of a risky play here. Um, Hideki, Jordan. Honestly, I, I expect all these guys to make the cut, maybe except for Brooks. I could actually see Scott missing the cut. I could see Jordan missing the cut, but overall... These guys are really all just strong plays. There's no real mispriced plays here. These plays all make sense. So it's really just going to be finding your anchors. And I, I think I've done that. You know, Cantley, I feel good about. John Rahm, I feel good about. Xander and DJ. You know, you just kind of got to go off of which players you think are the most likely to succeed in that price point range. And that's what I'm doing this week. All right. So getting into the mid tier now, the 8K to 8.9K price point range. There we go. Um, so Bubba Watson, I mean, what is going on with Bubba Watson's salary recently? He's been really juiced up for reasons that he really shouldn't be. Um, people just like to bet Bubba, I guess. I, I can't, 
I can't do it. I'm not going to do it this week. Don't really see the point. But I really like Joaquin Neiman here, guys. Joaquin Neiman has been in great recent form. Once again, he was a guy that almost won two weeks in a row. Um, he's a guy that I want to highlight here for you guys as well. So let's pull up that. All right, so I got him pulled up here. As you guys can see, Joaquin Neiman really just a spectacular play across the board. Uh, stat ranked third in that. Mile rank 15th in that. He has a cut likelihood of around 80%, okay? Projected to score 105 fantasy points. Now, the only worry with Joaquin Neiman as a play is his course history here. Missed cut last year, and then a 40th place finish there as well. But once again, I touched on this already. We do want to see a player that at least has course history here or tournament history. So, you know, it's a bad thing that he's coming off a missed cut and doesn't really have a great finish here so far, but it also is a good thing that he's been at least familiar with this tournament. So that does help a little bit. Obviously, he's in strong recent form. Um really tough for me not to play him elite staff fit um let's just look at it real quick so stat wise seventh in strokes gain differential second in ball striking 11th in driving distance ninth in opportunities gained fourth in birdie to bogey ratio 11th in bogey avoidance and 30th in strokes gain approach he rates out as the third best stat rank play and 15th in the model obviously he's getting rocked for that tournament knocked for that tournament history there other than that this guy has been electric i see no real reason that we should kind of go over our way to fade him he's going to be a strong play for us this week not a core play just wanted to highlight him um going to start doing that still going to do the core plays tomorrow and then after that you know victor hovland once again we do really want to look at you know course history here he doesn't have that but other than that you know pretty strong play overall don't mind him a little bit feel like we're paying up a little bit for him um in terms of like driving distance I, I would expect scotty shuffler's numbers to be a little bit higher it's a little bit surprising to me that they're not he had a 30th place finish here last year he's been really hit or miss this season but i could easily see him hitting and having a top 10 finish wills of Taurus, he's probably gonna get a little bit of chatter here you know man if he had just missed the cut last week i wanted a little bit more, more carnage and carnage would have meant him missing the cut would have meant for a much better week overall because there would have been like Instead of like what I forget what it was like 20% of Linus was six for six. It probably would have been like 12. That's how high owned he was, but for a good reason. I mean, it's been a strong staff. It really this whole year, um, been quality play so far this whole year, 22nd stat rank play. I don't mind him, but really, I think we got to focus on Max Homa here, guys. Guy has been great recently. And I've touched on this a few times now. His key stats keep getting better and better each week. He really struggled at the start of the season, which is why his stats aren't exactly there. But he's went from like 120th stat rank play uh, three weeks ago to 100th. And now he's 86th in the field. So it's getting better each and every week there. Um, decent course history. And it's been getting better each year. So in 2017, missed cut. 2019, 37th. And then 2020, fifth place finish. So it has been getting better. That is what we want to see. Um, recent form-wise, 12th at the Macoba. 21st at the Amex, 18th at the Farmers, made the cut at the Waste Management Phoenix Open, didn't really have it going there, 42nd place finish, and then last week had that 7th place finish, had that strong Sunday push there, uh, I think he was like the 3rd rated player last week, so it was nice to see him come through, and then I think people are going to try to get on like Matthew Wolf, Jason Kokrak, I don't mind that approach, it's just not as like likely. I mean, they're fine GPP plays, same as like Scotty Shuffler. Uh, but you guys know my approach. I'm 
aiming to get six for six across the cut line. The more times you do that, obviously, the more successful you're going to be, especially in the long term. All right, now we're going to move on into the low tier here. Low tier is pretty loaded. Um, where that mid tier, you know, kind of felt a little bit risky there. That's kind of risk reward tier. This tier is just absolutely loaded. I think this is where we're going to build the base of our builds here. All right, guys, so now getting into the low tier here, I do want to just sort it real quick by cut likely just to kind of show you guys the hills that we have here for this price point range. We have one player, Carlos Ortiz, at 72% chance to make the cut. Um, I'll lead off with him, actually, because he is just going to be an elite play compared to the rest of the field here. So Carlos Ortiz, kind of the guy that's checking all the boxes this week. Honestly, I don't really get this price point. I'm a little bit mad that DraftKings has him priced at this price point because we've kind of seen that when we have no reason to fade someone, they have missed the cut, which is kind of just a strange anomaly that has occurred in 2021, but really just a strong staff fit. Um, strong tournament history, strong recent form. There's no reason to fade him. Recent form, fourth at the Waste Management Phoenix Open, 29th at the Farmers, 14th at the Sony, 37th at the S2OC, and 8th at the Mokoba. Staff fit-wise, he's pretty strong everywhere. Um, but where he's really strong is birdie to bogey ratio 12th and bogey avoidance 19th. That tells me he should be able to make the cut. Stroke skin differential 30th and ball striking 23rd. Really, the only stat they lacks at is stroke skin approach 151st, which is why he's getting knocked down a little bit in stat rank 226 in the field. Overall, though, model rank rise, he still ranks out as a top 10 play. Overall, Carlos Ortiz is checking all the boxes. And to me, I see real <laughs> no real reason that we should be fading him other than. You know, he's checking all the boxes other than we have no real reason to fade him. So you guys can do with that what you will. I really like him as a play this week. And then after that, though, projected cut wise, we have, you know, a decent amount of players in the 60% cut likelihood, some quality GPP plays. And that does fall off there at the end with, uh, you know, one, two, three players with less than a 50% chance to make the cut. So we'll sort it here. Um, Abraham answer I do like as a play, you know, he almost is checking all the boxes if you would have at least a finish in the top 30 there of course history wise he technically would be because he has a top 30 stat fit play but um still not a bad play great recent form strong course history three straight make cuts we'll take that um where he's kind of getting knocked in the stat rank is his driving distance 150th in that other than that you know pretty decent top 30 in strokes gain differential ball striking birdie to bogey ratio opportunities gain 44th in bogey avoidance so overall abraham man's are going to be you know a fine play at that price point range then russell henley as well you know he'd be graded out as a little bit better play if he was a little bit more consistent recently we saw early on he was playing elite um but he had that miscut at the mokoba at top 11 at the sony a miscut to AMX, but then he bounced back with the 30th at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Strong course history here, 17th and 44th place finish. You know, overall, just a strong stat fit as well. Lacks in driving distance, but other than that, top 25 in every other stat that we're looking at. Heck, he's top three in opportunities gained, bogey avoidance, birdie to bogey ratio, and stroke skin approach. Overall, he's a top six stat rank play. Race out 35th in the model because of, really, that he's just getting knocked because of, that recent form also a little bit i guess because of course history because it's a strong field guys for course history rise course history wise he ranks 22nd in the field but honestly with the 17th and 44th place finish that's not bad at all after that we go down to sergio garcia i'm good with sergio as a play um technically speaking he is tracking all the boxes here um top 29 stat rank play you know fine course history three straight make cuts 37th 37th and 49th place finish recent form wise 47th place finish at the sony not 11th at the S2OC. Honestly, he's going to be my shoulder shrug play of the week here because, 
you know, if you end up on them, you kind of feel good about it. You're not going to think about it too much. After that, we get into one of our favorite players from last week, Cameron Tringale here, guys. Guy has been ascending form, been getting better each week. You know, he went from 56th, 18th, 7th, 17th to a 7th place finish last week. Overall, he has decent course history, 30th, miscut, and 8th place finish. You know, we'll take that kind of risky GPP upside, but he has been playing great golf. He's an elite stat fit this week. Um, 20th in top 20 or top 25, sorry, in ball striking strokes can differential, bogey avoidance, birdie to bogey ratio, uh, top 60 or better in everything else. So, yeah, there's real not, we don't really have a reason to fade him at all. Um, 63% chance to make the cut. I'm good with him as a play this week. Then I do want to pull up James Hahn here as well, kind of just to highlight him. Once again, he's not going to be a core play. No, maybe we'll we'll come out with that uh, obviously tomorrow for you guys. But I do want to highlight him as a play because we see his course history. His course history here is elite. Thirteenth, fourteenth, and twenty-eighth place finish, which ranks eleventh in the field overall. Solid stat rank play as well. Could be a little bit better in stroke gain approach, where he ranks one hundred and seventh, and driving distance, where he ranks seventy-eighth. Other than that, though, pretty solid. Eleventh in uh, ball striking, top ten in opportunities gained. 22nd in birdie to bogey ratio and 17th in bogey avoidance. Um, recent form wise has been a little bit hit or miss. We saw him really dominate in the fall swing. It's coming off of a miscut last week. Had a top 10 finish at the Waste Management Phoenix Open, miscut at the Farmers, and then two straight made cuts. So, been a little bit hit or miss as a play recently, but overall, I don't mind him. Just kind of want to highlight him because of his great course history and because of his strong stat, you know, fit. Ranks out of top 10 in the model because of all that. So overall, I think he's going to be a fine play. Going to be worth kind of the GPP risk. After that, though, you know, Corey Connors, I'm fine with here. If you guys end up on him, you end up on him. Don't mind that. Henrik Norlander obviously has been playing some great golf in strong recent form. Four straight T26 or better finishes. Hasn't had to start here in the last four years. Um, Kind of my Henrik Norlander story is that, what was it, like six years ago maybe now at the John Deere Classic. It was the tournament that Jordan Spieth chipped in for Eagle on 17th to pretty much lock in the win i remember just being on the practice range for that tournament and henrik norlander was there practicing you could tell he just wasn't mentally in it um i don't know he just didn't have that competitive spirit really going at all i'm like dude you just made the cut like let's go um you can see a different mentality with him now just in his interviews on the golf course you can see he's much more motivated to play well and half the times that's half the battle with golfers great to see him playing well wouldn't surprise me if he goes out and does have a good finish here um you know top 26 or so maybe not that but like a top 30 finish i could definitely see that brian Harmon, uh sam burns i'm fine with you know both guys that could easily go out and play well sam burns a top 12 stat fit missed the cut in his first appearance here and then had a top 23 finish in 2020 you know i think he's gonna be a fine play charlie hoffman been a little bit interesting there because before he had to withdraw in like two straight events he was playing great golf, and then he finally bounced back with the top 10 finish last week. Honestly, if he's healthy, he's going to be a quality play here, I think. He's had two missed cuts in a row here, uh, 41st and a 4th place finish. Once again, at the start of the year, I kind of thought that Charlie Hoffman would have a resurgence year in his career. We're kind of seeing that, so honestly, I don't mind him as a play. Could easily see him having a good week. Um, Adam Hadwin, um, I expect to make the cut. He's played really well since the 2020. One new year, I guess, if you will, miscut the Makoba and then three straight make cuts. Uh, overall, he's not going to be a good stat rank play, though, because he was playing horribly before that. So he's kind of a guy that I see making the cut. Don't want to go crazy with it too much. 
Then after that, let's find some, you know, quality plays down here low. Taylor Gooch, I like a lot. Um, coming off of a miscut, but before that, 48th and a 21st place finish, a 10th and a 20th four course history here. You know, top 38 stat rank play. I'm fine with that. Overall ranks out 15th in the model this week. Uh, good for that price point range. And then Emiliano Grillo. So he did screw us at the Farmers, but he's been a quality play kind of since the 2021 New Year once again. Um, strong stat rank play, top five this week overall. I mean, 11th in ball striking, 4th in opportunities gained, 14th in birdie to bogey ratio, 8th in bogey avoidance, and 34th in strokes gained differential. Um Driving distance, not that bad as well. 86. He did miss the cut here last year, but once again, now he has another starter in his belt. So, you know, I don't really worry about that too much. Wyndham Clark's an interesting name. Three straight T36 or better finishes. In his first start here, he had a 17th place finish. Not going to be the best stat rank play, but fourth in driving distance. And he hasn't been making many birdies or many bogeys he has a strong birdie to bogey ratio and bogey avoidance at 30 in both of those so honestly if he goes out and kind of puts it all together i could see that kyle stanley and matt jones i both expect to make the cut once again this week they've been in great recent form you know both you know pretty decent stat plays um this week as a whole so yeah i'm good with those guys now we get into the value tier the value tier is going to be interesting as a whole we'll just put it that way here um All right, there we go. So now we got sorted there. So I'm not, I don't think there was anyone like too crazy. So we got Doug Gim, Jim Ferrick, Stuart Sink, Matthew Naismith, all kind of strong likelihoods to make the cut. Obviously, that kind of shows that they're a little bit mispriced. So we'll start off here actually with Matthew Naismith, who really almost missed the cut there and came up clutch for us. So once again, he's been a strong stat rank play really this whole year. It's nice to see him kind of putting it together, showing that those stats are actually going somewhere. So Reason form wise, miscut at the Amex and then stellar since then. 48th at the Farmers, 7th at the Waste Management Phoenix Open, and then 16th at Pebble Beach. Once again, he started off cold. He started off with three bogeys, so maybe just wasn't like mentally ready to go. But once he settled in, obviously played great golf. Top 13 stat fit this week. He's getting knocked because of driving distance where he ranks 106. Other than that, though, first and opportunities gained, which if you watched last week, he was in future coverage a little bit, and you would see why. The guy was hitting fairways or getting close to the fairway, and then hitting greens or getting close to the green pretty much on every single shot. Um, he was getting like 12 feet or so of putts here and there, 20 feet putts here and there, just a ton. Like, opportunities gained. It makes a ton of sense. Eighth and strokes getting approached. That makes sense. Um, you know, overall, he just makes sense as a play, risky play here at this price point, but trending in the right direction, great staff fit. He's worth it in some GPPs there. Doug Gim as well, you know, great recent form, 21st, 7th, 5th, and 46th for his most recent starts on the tour. Uh, ranks out top 30 this week in stat rank, you know, nothing really too bad. Um, his lowest stat fit other than driving distance where he ranks 100th is 59th in opportunities gained. So overall, not a bad play. Then we go a little bit lower here. Um, maybe Charles Howell can put it together. He's had two straight missed cuts in a row, but, you know, tremendous course history here. Um, Michael Thompson, I could see making the cut here. He's had a missed cut here. And then a top seven finish in 2019. It's kind of been his season as well. He's made three out of his last, or four out of his last five starts. Um, Cut-wise, recent form-wise, not going to be a strong stat fit. Um, but I don't mind him as a play. And then we go a little bit lower. Let's see here. Jim Fierk was kind of popping, which was a little bit surprising. But 
he's been a strong play really this whole year. Um, not all too shocking, I guess, because top 29 in recent form, 64 first in course history. That could be a little bit better. Um, he's made two cuts and missed two cuts, and then stat rank top 28, which you know he's getting hurt in driving distance, but he's been gaining a ton of opportunities. Fit in that, uh, you know, top 10 in birdie to bogey ratio, top 10 in boogie avoidance and top 30 in strokes and approach so overall i could easily see him making the cut i don't expect too much from him and that's probably why he hasn't had a huge finish but given the way he's been playing i could see him easily making the cut obviously at 6.4 that's all you want in the value range as a whole that's all you want um in the value range and stewart sink you know kind of a disappointment last week he, he just was um but his he's pretty much jim fear but He's got longer off the tee and not as good as strokes getting approach. Overall, I don't mind him as a play. He could easily go on top 10 here. Uh, wouldn't shock me at all. And 6.3, I think he's well worth the risk. Then let's see here. I am kind of just want to sort real quick by kind of driving distance. I want to see which value plays down here in this price point range just are dominant in driving distance. And maybe, maybe, let's see what else. Maybe ball striking. No, we'll just look at driving distance. So, Golfers down in this price point range that are top 70 or better on tour and driving distance. We'll sort it here. So we've got Cameron Champ. He's three straight missed cuts here. Probably don't want to mess with him. Tyler McCumber. Guy hits it a ton. Stuart Sink, once again, won't be a surprise if he's a good play. But this is kind of why I wanted to do that because I wasn't looking at Patrick Rogers at all as a play. Patrick Rogers has been in horrible recent form. But given his driving distance, he might be worth it. Maybe a little bit JB Holmes as well, you know, potentially there. Let's pull up those two. So Patrick Rogers, we'll see him real quick. Then I'll pull up JB Holmes as well. So Patrick Rogers, yeah. Of course, history-wise, he's just been, you know, pretty stellar. Um, three straight make cuts with the top 15 finish in there. His worst finish is 30th. Um, recent form-wise, horrible though. 17th at the Macoba, that's about it. That's all we gotta hang our hat on. Uh, and the driving distance. So maybe, maybe you take the risk with him. I think that's why he's priced above some of those other guys because he has that strong course history. And then JB Holmes as well. Let's pull him up. So a lot of people are expecting a bounce back from Holmes eventually. I'm not seeing it yet, but, you know, former winner, he could pull through and make the cut, which is really all you want from him. Obviously, we know he's kind of typically a world-class player. Could be worth the worth the risk there. But that's all I have for you guys. If you want to join 9to5Nation, links in the description. $10 a month, best value in PGA DFS. Everyone kind of already knows that. Um, but if you guys don't want to you know just leave a like and subscribe that does help the channel out a ton look for the core plays video tomorrow on tuesday there so thanks for watching guys and as always let's keep cashing